You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 108, featuring special guest Dane Reese, professional entertainer and founder of the podcast You Booked It. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. With the coronavirus pandemic shuttering live theater as we know it, your online presence has never been more important. Meet one-on-one with Actor Aesthetic founder Maggie Berra, that's me, to discuss how you can build your online presence. By the end of the hour-long virtual session, you will have a step-by-step guide to creating a powerful social media strategy and professional website that will attract creatives and casting directors alike. Book a consultation today by visiting actoraesthetic.com coaching. Well, hey friends, this is Maggie Barra, and thank you again for joining me with another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Today's episode features Dane Reese. Dane has been a professional entertainer for over 16 years, singing, dancing, and acting all around the world. He has performed in nine shows on the Vegas Strip, performed in Australia, Italy, Germany, Canada, New York City, and sang as a featured soloist with renowned symphony orchestras. He's been on TV and radio and is an award-winning mascot, corporate producer, and an equity performer and stage manager. He is also the creator and host of the podcast You Booked It, the number one podcast where you learn how to create a successful entertainment career. In this episode, I talk with Dane about working and living and performing in Vegas, creating your own work, and of course, relationships within the performance industry. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Dane, can you just start us off by telling us where you grew up and how you initially got involved in theater? I am originally from Missoula, Montana. Small little place, 70-ish thousand, I think, if I recall correctly. But I didn't start the arts until substantially later into life. I mean, not like a lot of people, they start when they're kids, right? I got my daughter in <laughs> dance class and all the things right now. She's <laughs> almost four. She's been in them since like two and a half. So that's the usual thing. My thing was I played sports. I was, I'm like your glee slash high school, high school musical story. And I played sports, mainly football and baseball. But then late into high school, I got concussed out of football. And my mom's an ER nurse. And she goes, oh, okay, we're done. We're not doing that anymore. I said, okay, fair enough. And then I would have needed elbow surgery if I would have continued to play baseball. And all of that happened in the span of only about four months or so. So I went from being super busy all the time to having nothing to do. And my entire life up until that point, I had always had some kind of extracurricular something 
to do after school. And suddenly I had nothing and except homework, which was fine, whatever I did it. I was already used to doing it in such a short amount of time. So I had all this time on my hands, bored out of my mind. And one of my sister's friends comes over one day and she goes, hey, we need a guy to lift some girls in this Christmas show. You want to do it? I said, sure, why not? <laughs> Lifting a bunch of women sounds good to me. So <laughs> off I went to the dance studio. And mind you, this is Missoula, Montana. And at that time, at least, dancing was not exactly something guys would do. Uh, so I took the conservative route. I went to break dancing and hip hop and did that. And about, I don't know, two or three months later, I was like, I'm actually really enjoying this. And this is kind of alongside the other rehearsals, right? Trying to figure out how the heck to lift girls. And really realized I was really enjoying it and kind of good at it, right? So I said, let's go all in. Let's do it. And I was very fortunate. The studio owner, who's now one of my dear friends, uh, Lisa Deer is her name. She was like, you know what? You're the only guy in my studio that wants to technically train. Take as many classes as you want for free. So wow. I did. I took everything. If it fit my schedule, I took it. I didn't even know what flamenco was, but I'm like, I got a, I got a break <laughs> in my schedule where I could fit something and flamenco is it. So I just stuck everything I could and I was just super full on. And at the same time, I got involved with drama in high school, joined the choir because they were doing a musical and they're like, well, got to learn how to sing. And then it turns out I was okay at singing and doing all the other stuff and I was really enjoying it. And got you know, like all Northwest, all state choirs and all that stuff. And my parents were like, did you know you could sing? I said, no, I didn't, but <laughs> I can, I guess. And then it was high or college time. And originally I was planning on doing pre-med up until this my whole life, right? And I just discovered the arts and I'd gotten involved in some community theater things and met a lot of people in that community. And I was like, you know what? I'm really feeling this. Plus it's basically impossible to double major in pre-med and music. So I said, let's do music. And it was classical music. It's classical voice is what I was going for because they had, they had a theater program, but I wasn't, I wasn't really into the theater quite yet. I was really mm -hmm. into musical theater. But I was like, you know, I like singing. Let's do that. Yeah. And so I did that program. And I also had, at the same time auditioned for the mascot of the school. And I booked that which got me a full ride scholarship, which was wow. cool. Yeah. And I also won the Capital One National Mascot of the Year Award, which made me the best collegiate mascot in the United States, <laughs> which was wild. And That's then, crazy. Yeah. And then there's a semester there that I studied abroad in Vienna, Austria, some music, and that was such a trip. Fell in love with opera at that point, because even though I was in this classical program, I didn't really know anything about opera. Everything was so new. You know what I mean? I was mm -hmm. just going as fast as I could, but fell in love with opera and the ballet and things like this. And I thought, you know what? I got to do more. And I auditioned for loads of schools, went to Chicago, did that thing, uh, got accepted into the Boston Conservatory, and then whew, off I went, did that, Gosh. and completed my degree in musical theater at the Boston Conservatory with $120,000 in student debt. So gave up that full ride. Uh, then moved to New York, got the agent. Uh, I wasn't there very long. And I had, was doing the audition thing, right? Of course, sending me out. And he goes, look, uh, you booked this cruise ship. Uh, I don't think we're going to take it. And I said, oh, I think we are because I have to pay my loans. <laughs> and yeah. they do. So he goes, all right, well, you just got here. It's fine. We'll see you later. 
and off I went. And it was a really unique ship contract as well. It mm. wasn't, it was creation of five brand new shows, working with the choreographers on a brand new ship. Like we got to the ship in Italy and they were still finishing the woodwork on the deck. It was an amazing experience and got to work with amazing choreographers throughout that entire thing and had the shows created on you and be part of that whole process, which is so unique to have, I think, in this industry. And that's also where I met who is now my wife. Mm. And she's Australian and I never made it back to New York because we <laughs> wanted to work together, be together, and really the only way that we could do that, the easiest way to do that was to do another ship. So we created a package together and sent it off to everybody. Everybody. And she had worked at Carnival Cruise Lines a little bit before the cruise ship that we were on, but before that she was living, she was working in Paris because she's got a UK passport as well, like all these things. And Carnival goes, yeah, we'll work with you. And we're like, great, that's all we want. So I was a production singer. She was a dancer. Same cast. Off we went. We did a couple contracts there. Moved to Australia. Uh, and I was here for a year and did performing and lots of random things here. Then we're like, let's go to Vegas. So we did that because so my wife is a gorgeous showgirl. Mm -hmm. Like she danced at a, at a cabaret called Le Nouvelleve in Paris. It's literally the place where they invented the can-can. It's an amazing wow. show. If you're ever in Paris, check it out. And she's so good. And one of the shows that she really, really wanted to do was Jubilee, which was mm -hmm. the, la the last great American showgirl show. Huge, big thing. You know, those massive old MGM movies. That's what the set was like. It's huge. And we went there and we're like, let's see if we can make this happen for you. And she got into that show. She got that. And ultimately, I ended up working that show eventually as well and eight other ones and used Vegas as our hub for the last seven, seven and a half years. And wow. That basically brings us to today. And you went to Boston Conservatory for a musical yes. theater. You transferred. What was the I decision did. behind transferring from when you studied uh, you know, vocal performance, that kind of stuff, and transferring over to Boston Conservatory for musical theater? Yeah. It was just that I got involved with community theater. I got involved with, there's a handful of other professional productions that were happening in Missoula, believe it or not. And I was getting around that group of people and not just standing on stage and singing. And as much as right. I loved opera, I, I wanted more energy and I loved the dancing. And I, liked, I, wanted, I wanted to do all these things that I was learning and my skills just kept getting better and better and better. So how do I do all of this all at the same time? And musical theater was, of course, the answer. So... Mm. That's what really drove me to wanting to transfer, to go somewhere that properly focused on that and to really get my training. And that was it. How do you feel as though your training at Boston Conservatory prepared you for what has now been quite a long and extensive career in performance? I think the conservatory really rounded me out. You know, I got there. So a lot of what I found challenging when I first went to the Boston Conservatory is that, I mean, I came from Missoula, Montana. That mm -hmm. is like, I was like big fish in very small pond. And then you go to Boston Conservatory and you're like, oh, okay. Yep. Here we go. And it's crazy. And you've got, and you're going to school with people that have had legitimate professional careers already. They've been on Broadway. It was 
exciting, but it was overwhelming. And there are so many people that when I first got there, I felt really out of place. And I, I still think about it sometimes. But there are certainly times of that that I was like, I feel like I am so behind the eight ball because I was, mm. you know, because I had started. I didn't start dancing until I was 17 and a half years old. Gosh. So it's and then I've made the vast majority of my career as a dancer at this point. So I do it well, but yeah. it took me time to get there as well. And it was. It was a tough environment to be in because it is such a fantastic education program. It attracts a lot of really top talent people yeah. that it was hard for me in the beginning, and I think probably even throughout it, to always feel like I was playing catch-up, but that was, that's more of a mindset thing, you know, and mm -hmm. that's something that I would give as advice to people is that you're not there to compete, you know, because I felt that a lot of times, that you're in those musical theater classes and you have to be better and it's, you always feel like it's a performance, right? And it, it is, because it's in a performance class. But the mentality and the idea that I'm also here for me, I'm paying you to educate me to be better, that I, got, I lost sight of that a lot, I think, when it's I was hard. in that in It's that hard, especially when you're that age. And, yeah, and you're sure. absolutely right. All of us feel that. All of us feel that when we come from a small town where a big, very big fish in a very small pond, and then you go to a top training program that has hundreds of just the most talented people in yeah. the states and beyond and it's it's a really shocking transition for sure at the same time it does push you so tremendously and and it really it really defines the the your character and your talent as much as you you know continue to grow throughout a college process and on that Mm -hmm. uh, being pushed was so good because, like I said, when I was in my dance studio back in Montana, there was basically one other guy, but he was very, mm -hmm. he's he's brilliant hip hop dancer, but he was not at all really interested in technically training, right? So I was really the only one. So I only had myself to compare myself to, you know, and it's really difficult. And yes, I was advancing and had a pretty solid skill set, but what I loved about being in Boston was that I was finally with a group of people that were better than me and I could push myself and I could see what's possible. And it did make me grow much faster. It, I think mm -hmm. it also taught me how to really grow a thicker skin. And ultimately, while I don't, I would not say I felt this way when I was there that, you know, I've learned how to deal with those kinds of challenges and failures and things like that. But you look back on it hindsight, and you're like, yeah, that's what it taught me. That really yeah. laid the foundation for having that tough skin and like the mental fortitude to keep going. You met your wife on this cruise, which is so mm. lovely. Tell me about how you have made a relationship within the performance industry work. Tell me about that balance because I know that number one, it's really hard when you're in a relationship with someone and they're in the industry and you never see them because one is off on tour, one is off on Broadway and you know, your paths don't cross, but you were working a lot together and you yeah. were probably in very close quarters on a cruise ship. <laughs> so talk to me about, talk to me about that balance for you. 
Yeah. Uh, close quarters. Yeah. So <laughs> ships, man, I tell you what, if you want to figure out if I think ships are good for two things when, when it comes to performance, well, they're good for a lot of things, but two things on this that are relevant to this is that if you are new to performing and you have a skill set, you've trained in it, you're good, but you're still like, mm, I'm not really sure if a performance lifestyle is really what I want. Go do a ship. You'll figure it out real fast because yeah. you get a lot of stage time and a lot of reps doing this job. More, you're going to get more reps and more experience on a ship faster than pretty much any other market that I can think of. So do it. And if you still like it, you're probably in the right place. And on relationships, it's like relationships on crack. They are on <laughs> like fast forward relationships. You're like, you're like four weeks into a relationship. You're like, I feel like we've been together for two and a half years. And in a lot of ways, you kind of have. Yeah. Because we, because of the logistics of being on a ship, we literally moved in after six weeks. You know, and it was, that's full on. So like, we're living together. We barely know each other, really, in the scheme of things. <laughs> but we felt like we knew each other because we spent 24 hours a day together. But you do that, you rehearse together, you eat together, you perform together, social time is together. It's like nonstop each other. So you really figure it out real fast if you guys work together well. You know, you also don't waste a lot of time. You don't. Uh, if, yeah, if, you, if that relationship's not going to work, it's not going to work real fast, which is great, <laughs> I think. But we also, because our career developed or our relationship developed with us always working together, we do work together so well as a team and collaborating together. And it's something that we made, we were very purposeful about always making sure that we could work together or at least be in the same city or the same, like in, when we moved to Vegas. So we're both there. We both weren't really open to taking tours that would take each other away from take us away from each other that's just something that we committed to between the two of us mm -hmm. and for some people that's great some for some people that's not but uh everything was very focused on our relationship and making sure that we could work together and live together and always that be the foundation of everything and then make life fit that is was more of our approach to this industry and because of that we have gotten to work on multiple shows together and multiple contracts and we always get to be together and support each other be in the same place go to each other's shows if we're not in the same show get to go to gigs together all that one-off freelancey lifestyle stuff so it's it's fun and it, it's our version of what we created for ourselves but we did do it purposefully I love on that topic, I love how you and your wife both have made so much of your own work. And even with talking with you over your podcast, I really admire people who, who take advantage of their situations and create their own work. What were the reasons behind forming your own show for these ships, even forming this own podcast? And I know that you, you also work on the side as well as um, in marketing and things like that. So talk to me about where that comes from and why you think that's so important for performers. Yeah, I'm just interested in a lot of different things, I mm. think is what it is. I like being creative in a lot of different ways. And I find that 
in business and in marketing and things like this. My podcast, it's all very creative and it keeps fulfilling me. And I always want, and I'm happiest when I'm always working towards something or working right. in something. Um, I'm, I am certainly not, like just talking about performing, I am really awful at staying in a show for a long, long time. It's not the way my mind works. It's not I easy. Have, yeah, I've done, I mean, I love getting into like a year and a half or so. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's time for the next project, you know, because I'd rather give up that, that steady paycheck to have another experience. And I always want to keep growing and progressing and growing and progressing all the time. And I'm happiest when I'm in the thick of it and doing that. Um, and that's something that I've learned about myself, you know, over the course of doing things. Uh, but I like to also be in control of my own circumstances. I've moved to different yeah. cities, I've different countries multiple times at this point, and I feel comfortable and I don't ever have any fear of going somewhere and not being okay because I'm quite confident in my skill set at this point, and I know what I can offer, and I've purposely sought out other interests that other things that interest me. So I, I'm always developing a skill set so I know I can always find value and worth. I mean, money is freaking everywhere. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about that. And I know what I can bring to the table. And I think a big part of that is simply because I just like to experience things and try things. And I love the business side of this industry. I love all of that. So I don't know. I think I'm just passionate about progress. Preach that. Same here. <laughs> when you're auditioning for things, the fact that you have something else that you can focus your creative energy on, it takes the pressure off of the audition. It takes the pressure off of getting that job because you have something else that you also are really passionate about. And even, you know, hopefully you're also making money with. It's something that is just yeah. so comforting to know that I don't need to put all of my eggs in one basket in this audition or this contract. Yeah. I can focus on something else. And if that comes, great. That's the cherry on top, you know? Yeah. And I can imagine. So I can imagine in your podcast over all the guests you've interviewed, and certainly in mine when I've interviewed loads of people, that a very common through line is that you need to control what you can control. There's so, mon so many factors in this industry. If you're just talking about booking a gig, that it's insane. So you can make yourself go crazy worrying about the stuff you just have no control over. Mm -hmm. So focusing on what you can control is paramount. But I think having other interests and having other things that you enjoy doing or different projects you can go, something that is also passionate inspiring you, inspires you, I think just continues to fortify that, hey, I have control over everything in my life. And it's just like little win boxes being checked all the time <laughs> saying i can do this i've done this i've done this i've done this sure it might not be walking into a room and singing to a bunch of casting directors but when i go do that i have more confidence when i do right. when i go into those different situations because i've already checked a lot of boxes where i've proven to myself that i've controlled more of my life and my creativity Actors are constantly asking whether they should go to a city like Los Angeles or New York or mm. go to a more close-knit theatrical hub like 
Philadelphia, Seattle, Washington, D.C. So how did you find yourself in Las Vegas? It took a second to figure out what I wanted. Mm -hmm. When you go to the Boston Conservatory or you go to a conservatory program like that on the East Coast specifically, <laughs> 100% you, the whole idea of you being there, the trajectory, what they're training you for is to be on Broadway. That's it. Right? And not to take away from Broadway in the slightest, it's amazing. Who doesn't want to be on Broadway, right? <laughs> but this industry is gigantic. It's huge. It's international. It's everywhere. And it is not the end all and be all. So by the time I got out of the Boston Conservatory, I was like, yep, Broadway bound. Here we go. But the more I performed and realized, I, what I really found that I wanted was I just wanted to entertain. I didn't care what that meant. I wanted to work doing my craft and what I'm good at. And I didn't really care what that looked like. As long as I got that, I'm happy. I knew of for sure. I certainly didn't want to just wait tables and then pretend I'm a performer. I wanted to perform for my career. So that's all I really wanted. And the cruise ships allowed me to do that. And that was ex exciting. And I think that's when I really realized, I'm like, yep, this makes me happy because I'm always performing. I like this. And then by the time we got to Vegas, and Vegas was a decision mainly because we're like, let's make the showgirl show Jubilee happen for my yeah. wife. I was like, let's, let's go do it. Like, I'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. Uh -huh. And we did that. And it, the city was fantastic to us. But what I also found out about Vegas is that it's an incredible entertainment marketplace. I mean, it's the entertainment capital of the world, I would say, even more so than, than New York, because New York mm -hmm. has, I mean, has everything, right? But the only reason Vegas exists is for hospitality and entertainment. That's it. And there's something like 26,000 conventions that come there every single year, obviously, wow. pre-COVID. And so many of those, thousands of those have one-off things performances that they want so there's a massive blend of stage stage shows and consistent contract work that way and then an epic amount of freelancing work so how about this in the seven plus years that i was in las vegas not one time did i do anything that was not arts related or entertainment wow. related and i and that's 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 what did it for me and i know when I was in Boston, there's a lot of people who kind of give like a nose up poo poo look to Vegas. But I tell you what, it doesn't really matter. It's what it really comes down to is what do you want? If I would have turned down that ship, I would have continued the the audition grind, the Broadway grind. And yeah. who's to say what would have I, I don't know what would have happened, right? But mm -hmm. I can certainly say that I'm very happy with the career that I've had. Yeah. You were able to create so much of your own work from that too, which is really special. I think yeah, it's and the it's most been special of it all. Obnoxiously diversified as well. Like I've gotten to do <laughs> obnoxiously, like, obnoxiously diverse. <laughs> I, I, I've done the stage. I've done the production show thing. I've done the musical thing. I've done hundreds of industrials. Like yeah. learning. I mean, and you want to talk about getting your performance chops up? Go do industrials getting getting doing a dance gig where you've got three days to learn oh a, loads of choreo and then go perform it one time perfectly that's a lot mm. of pressure mm -hmm. you know or like learn an entire 40 minute production show that you do one time yeah. and you put it together in eight days 
Like it's, it's full on, right? But that, I, that's so good for your brain I mean, and making you really good at auditioning because you get sharp at being performance ready ASAP. <laughs> My final question for you, where can we find you online? You also have a podcast. You also have your own personal website. So tell us where we can find you and how we can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. If the best way, check out my podcast. It is called You Booked It. I interview entertainment professionals from all over the entertainment industry, not just Broadway, not just Vegas, TV, film, actors, all the things. And new episode, seven days a week. Crazy. And come check it out. It's a brilliant, brilliant resource for anyone who is currently a professional entertainer. If you're aspiring to have a career in this industry, if you are an educator in this industry, it's a great resource to pass on to your students. And come check it out because we really do dig into what it takes to create a successful entertainment career. Mm -hmm. And I've got at this point, what is it, 145-ish or so? It's a lot of people with a lot of brilliant things to say about this industry and they end up talking about a lot of the same things sometimes which is brilliant because now we start seeing these through lines and these fundamentals that mm -hmm. really do shine through that really do help you create an actionable or successful career and there's loads of actionable insight that take away so look up you booked it on literally any podcast platform <laughs> or check me out on instagram at you booked it podcast or if you like websites Go to youbookedpodcast.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Dane, so much for sharing your insight and wisdom into this crazy, crazy industry. You bet. Maggie, thank you so much for having me. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.